Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of CJ and the Duke. As always, I am your co-host, Robert the Duke Fedoric. And I am Corey, CJ Wesley. Okay, this episode is brought to you by Integrity Pro Consulting. As you've heard us say before, we love Integrity Pro Consulting because of their focus on organizational change management. You ever have one of those situations where the project is, air quotes, done, but everyone isn't happy about it? Yeah, that organizational change management. And I'm just super excited to have them as a sponsor for this episode because how would you ever know if the organizational change was effective or successful? Could it be that you are measuring certain outcomes to that end? And speaking of outcomes, Corey, what is today's episode about? Well, dude, today's episode is about outcomes, actually. Man, how did that happen? <laughs> I, mean, I can't believe I mean, we did it again. It's coincidental. <laughs> okay. Outcomes, outcomes, outcomes. But you might have noticed that I harp about a lot, right? Is value, right? Like value, value, value. What are you providing to your client? What are they getting out of the experience with you? At the end of the day, all of that should add up to a lot more than what they're paying you. And everything is predicated about results, right? And so, Duke, this is a topic near and dear to my heart <laughs> because it is like it is almost 100% of my selling uh, motion whenever I'm talking to new and prospective clients, right? Let's talk about how we actually measure that we're successful. What, what you actually got out of this and how, to, how do we know that this project actually worked? That's right, man. It, it, to me too, I'm halfway considering getting the word outcomes tattooed on my body somewhere. <laughs> it's that important a concept to me lately. And the word kind of really manifested as part of my ServiceNow strategy and my ServiceNow essence of being by a guy named Paul Rice. Do you know Paul Rice? I do know Paul Rice, actually. Yeah. So I remember I was sitting with him at Knowledge and he had just moved, fruition had been sold. He moved at, into ServiceNow and he was part of the PA team. And I fell in love with PA and I was just having a conversation with him. And he's like, what I love about PA is the ability to just like sell outcomes instead of implementations. Like you might be needing ITSM for a slightly different thing than somebody else, right? You might be right. looking for something different out of incident than somebody else. So you could basically give somebody an a la carte menu of what do you need in incident management? Better resolution times, better closure rates, less team bouncing. And they could just like click, 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 pluck these things off the a la carte menu. And then you have your roadmap right. for the deployment. And then everything in the deployment has to map up to that outcome. It's just been like Paul Rice's voice in my head ever since then. Outcomes, 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 outcomes. Well, dude, look, I mean, everything that you're doing, right, is ideally driving towards delivering something for your client that that they've been looking for that is going to enable them to do something better. And that's just a long way of saying delivering value and delivering outcomes, right? When they buy service now, they're, they're not like enamored with the technology to a certain point, right? Like they're thinking about what they can do with the technology, Right. Mm -hmm. Like, that's what it is. Like, the platform's great. Like, I'm a geek. You know, I love data stuff. I love di diving into any kind of new technology, bright and shiny, all that kind of stuff. Right. But at the end of the day, I know that when I'm actually on the job, right, my client is looking for me to tell them how we're going to use this bright and shiny thing and turn it into money for them. <laughs> and that is either money made or money saved. And it's such a good litmus test for whether you're talking about the right thing. Yes. Like feature function is great, but really in terms of like deployments, right? 
we can all go to knowledge and see the next big thing coming out and just like <laughs> just completely geek out on that. And we do. We definitely do. Oh, we do. Yeah. <laughs> Remember like UI 13 when it's, oh, you can click on a record in a list and in another panel, the form opens up and just. <sighs> yeah. And it's like, ah, this magic moment. <laughs> <laughs> but speaking of magic moments, we were sitting together at, at the Knowledge Keynote with Fred Luddy's on the, on the on stage. And he is debuting the service portal and doing the demo with customer service satisfaction uh, surveys. And all of that is just living and breathing right there on the platform in the freaking mm-hmm. in the portal. Man, that was amazing. And we're all literally like clicking on buttons in the audience. Oh, yes. <laughs> Do you remember when he when he ordered something with his voice in his phone before Siri existed? Yes. Ah, oh, good times. Yes, sir. <sighs> Where were we at? Ah, outcomes. Yes. Outcomes. The feature function discussion on a deployment is only useful when it's attached to an outcome discussion. Yes. I work at Vivid Charts, and this is something that we encourage our customers to think of too, because it's like, it would be cool if we had this way to filter something this way. Awesome. Tell me what that improves. Right. Right. Oh, well, it's going to be allowed to present our data this way, which will provide this insight, which will tell us if we're getting better or worse at the process. Okay, now we're talking. Now we're talking. that has a price tag associated to it. The outcome you can gauge the price on most of the time, right? And then that would it's easy. Just, okay, if it cost us $50,000 to build custom for you, would that be worth it? Well, if you could save $100,000 in a year because of it, absolutely. Absolutely, right. (laughs) Right. So understanding the outcome is the great litmus test of all your requirements discussions that you're having before you do your deployment. But let's be real. How many partners come in and we and immediately start talking about outcomes, right? I feel like that number is pretty low. I feel like what we do is we go in and we talk about technology. We talk about, you know, you want a CMDB. We talk about asset management. We talk about incident management. We don't talk about what you're going to do with these processes, right? We right. don't talk about why you want to store everything in the CMDB. We just talk about this new and fancy CMDB. We're going, you want it, we're going to build it. But at the end of the day, now you have this thing. What about it? What are you doing with it? How is that helping drive the business? If you don't have a use case on how to how this help and drive the business, man, you should not be building a CMDB. Let me tell you. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, a great example of this in my experience was I was at a customer and they were doing a deployment and the customer was in healthcare, right? And if you're unfamiliar with American healthcare specifically, there's this app out there called Epic. Oh, yeah. You know, I've said it in past episodes. It's like the service now of the healthcare industry, like how to schedule an appointment with your doctor. How do you ask for a refill on your meds? And it's like the hospital's task management system. Right. In the medical sense. And every hospital that has Epic wants to do everything in Epic faster. Like get an Epic upgrade faster. Make Epic easier to use for whatever. Troubleshoot Epic faster. That's like, it's the lifeblood of an, of an organization. And so this service now is being deployed there. And every day, the key stakeholder would be like, how is this going to make Epic faster? How can we help the Epic team? We got Epic projects that blah, 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 Epic, Epic, Epic all day. But it's just like, the, the the partner that was in there was basically just, okay, well, today we're going to have a meeting on notification best practices. And today <laughs> we're going to have a meeting on, you know, this, that, or the other thing, incident management reporting, or you know what I mean? It was all stuff that you have to do in a deployment and quote unquote best practices. 
but had right. nothing to do with the outcomes the customer is trying to achieve. Exactly. Because in her mind, it's like, if I could go back and say that, hey, the Epic team is going to be this much better at whatever, instant win. <laughs> yes, <laughs> absolutely. Know? So the great litmus test. I'm sure you got an experience too, Corey, on that. Oh, no, dude. Absolutely. Right. I mean, it, it's typically around the CMDB with me. You know, I get into these situations. We go into a, a client and uh, they're like, yeah, we, we need a CMDB, right? Like we want to put all this data in the CMDB. We're going to track all of it, mm -hmm. you know, and, and then I say, OK, great. So what, what does that what does that give you? Right. What are we going to do with it? Because this is exciting. Like this is a lot yeah. of data we're going to, you know, this is a lot of data we're going to store here. Like oh. this is this is about to be fun. Right. Like, you know, yeah. what, so what, what is this going to do to you? No fucking idea. <laughs> yeah. Oof. Yeah. I've been in a danger zone like that too, where it was like, I had to do this workshop for CMDB and I got there and it was, it was just like, what I started out was, what are your use cases for CMDB? I should have used the word outcome. should have mm. used it. But at the time I was like, what are your use cases? Right. And they're like, what do you mean? We need a CMDB. And I, that I knew I was in trouble at that point. <laughs> yes. like, How am I going to teach them anything in context? If they think CMDB is the goal. Yes, that's the yeah. thing, right? Like CMDB is the goal. It is not the goal. Let me tell you, incident yeah. management is not the goal. Problem management, not the goal, right? No. Like all of these are facilitators that get you to the outcome. So we got to name that outcome and then build everything else to drive towards it. That's, that's how this works. I don't care about whatever you heard. Right? I don't care what you read in CIO magazine. I don't care, you know, yeah. what you Googled. All, none of that crap matters, right? At the end of the day, what you want to tell the people who are coming in to help you is this is what we're trying to do. This is yeah. our outcome that we're trying to get to. And then let's back into that and backfill based on, you know, best practices and processes and all the things that ServiceNow is good for and all the, you know, all of the ITIL and ITSM processes that we can grab off the best practice shelf and implement those to, to get you where you're, where you want to go, because chances are you don't need all of them, or even probably you don't even only need a small portion of them. Let's not forget like some of the things that we learn in ITIL or ITSM 101, right? Like mm -hmm. this is a framework, right? This is not a blueprint. You need to only use what's necessary and what was relevant to you in order to drive that outcome that you seek. Because at the end of the day, that's why you bought the, the platform, right? For yeah. that outcome. Just think about how services are sized and shaped. Like, oh, CMDB deployment, that's going to be five weeks. Well, five weeks from... Oh, my dog. My... <laughs> See, even my dog agrees, right? Even He's the like, dog you hear him? He's like, what the fuck are you guys doing? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, take it, take it from the Duke's dog. <laughs> yeah, Murphy's got an opinion too. <laughs> Five okay, weeks look, on yeah. the CMDB without a goal, without an outcome defined. Yeah, not something you want to do. Yeah, Murphy does not like that. Not Murphy approved. Okay, but think about how much easier. Like, I think it's just they they sell the size before they do the asking of what you need this for. Yeah. Right. And in that nightmare workshop I was in, we eventually did get to stuff like, well, we need to figure out if we're up to par on our servers. Like we have certain architectural standards and we have to make sure they're being met. Nice. Now we know at least a class or two and some right. properties that we need. But what right. else? That's not a whole CMDB. It is according to the use cases you've given me. Exactly. <laughs> you know? Exactly. So, anyways, I don't want to rant too hard on this because I'm just like, I'm not a CMDB guy. Or a girl, or what? I'm not. I'm not a CMDB person. Yeah, and but I'm just deathly afraid that there's blind spots I'm totally missing. But 
Yeah, but but the use case the use case exists though, right? Your metaphor survives, and, and the reason I say that is that because you could swap out CMDB with any process, right? It could be incident management, and it could be the issue you could be having is that we often get calls and we don't know necessarily if they're incident or request while we're on the phone. So what we need to do is build out incident management. It's like, yes, great, you do, but you also need to step before that, right? Let's just capture the call and let's capture the information. First, in a record, man, I think that's some sort of record in ServiceNow that allows us to do that. And and mm-hmm. then you can take that record and as you decide whether or not, you know, through the triage process, whether or not it's an incident or request, you can convert that record now into an incident or request and go about your day, right? So that means that you don't, you not only need an incident management process and a request management process, the things, you know, request wasn't even thought about initially. You know, what you also need is that ability to pre-triage these calls before you get there. Right. So you can't just jump into an incident, create an incident, and now we're going to convert to a request. Like at that point, now you're going to throw off all your incident management numbers, you know, so on and so forth. Right. Like it, my point is that there's a better way to get there and you don't necessarily know how you how to get there yet until you realize what the actual outcome is, what the result is that you're driving to. We talked about what is an outcome and we talked about outcomes as the great litmus test. Like, am I wasting my time talking about this feature function? If it's not in support of an outcome, so let's first let's first decide of our outcomes, then look at the feature functions to get us better results on the outcomes. Right now, there's this other idea that I've been playing with in my head about outcomes being a path towards manifestation. Right? <laughs> oh man! And I promise grandiose. I'm not going to break out like crystals and magnets and be all like chakras. But <laughs> <laughs> kudos to you if you're one of those people, though, right? But. It, What I want to think of here is I'm setting up a process, right? But if I know the why of the process, like the the outcome, it drags me towards it. It drags me towards it in a way that just doing the implementation does not. Did I lose you? No, I'm here. I'm a little lost though. But like outcomes are magnetic. If you, if somebody said clearly, like the goal of incident management is to reduce the severity and duration of, Mm. of outages and degradations. That's what we care about for incident management. It's a North Star for the yes. implementation, right? Forget the yes. listmus test, that's the filters you gotta pass along the way, but it's a North Star, it's a guiding point, it drags. And so when somebody says, yeah, but what about blah, 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 category tree? Okay, but does it get us towards- The North Star. <laughs> yeah, the North Star, right? Yeah. And it's kind of like going back to Paul Rice's thing that he told me is like, okay, well, if we're, if we're buying outcomes, rather than buying feature functions, it's de facto North Star. Yes. And let me tell you, so, you know, I love the idea of the North Star metric. It's something that I've been aware of quite some time. I don't think it ha- it gets the play that it needs to get, you know, in terms of driving engagements in, in the uh, ITSM sector, right? Because ultimately that North Star, like, like you said, Duke, is what's, what's supposed to be pulling that, the rest of that engagement along. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, so if, if the idea is that we want to minimize our customer interactions with our incident team, that means we want to reduce the number of incidents that we get. So you, you might actually think, okay, well, let's start an incident management process, but I might start thinking about what well, do you have a problem management process? Yep. For sure. Knowledge management process. Right. Um, right. Now, exactly. Right. Yeah. Do you have any kind of self-service? Mm-hmm. Right. So, so think about how by talking about incident management right there, the entire engagement has now shifted away from incident management because what we don't want to do is have a whole lot of customers in that incident management process. We want to use problem management to reduce 
the amount of big ticket items that break that causes incidents. We want to use knowledge management to disseminate knowledge to our, our customers so that they can actually self-help. And then we also want to have a, a robust self-service process too, mm-hmm. right? That also allows them to self-help without actually engaging the uh, the 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 customer, um, I'm sorry, the, the staff function of the incident management process. All of those things help to reduce the, ma- the amount of incidents that we have. None of them are incident management. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just a guide to what needs to get done. And when I said North Star, I'm not necessarily thinking like the one thing. It could be like five outcomes, right? But yeah, sure. it's just to use the goal is not the deployment. Like we just said 10 minutes ago, like incident right. management is not the goal. You know? Right. <laughs> it's like kind of like driving to the grocery store is not why you're going to the grocery store. No. Yeah. No, not at all. Um, <laughs> to put it simply. And another th- way I, I want to think about this is. So I've talked to a ServiceNow customer recently who is like, can you do reporting on data certification? Oh, yeah. Like, of course you can. It's not like there's some place in ServiceNow that's mechanically shut off. You can't report on this. Right. Right. And it's that whole like do reporting thing. Well, what do you mean? But it's just fun to think about for two seconds. Like, why would I want to report on data certification? Right. What does it say to report on data certification? Yeah. What does it mean? So I think, like, if I just put myself in the gigantic shoes of a CMDB manager and I'm getting people to do data certification because I'm worried about, what, the quality of my data? The quality of my data that I can't d- discover? Is this stuff stale? Right. It, is, is, is somebody else saying that my CMDB isn't reliable and thus that's why I'm doing the data certification? Right. Like, what's so, the outcome? Yeah. So the outcome is a more reliable CMDB. So, I mean, if I was going to do reporting on data cert, I'd for darn sure want to know which cert tasks are still open and for what classes and for how long. And if I was imaginative enough, I might say, hey, what's the average time it takes to do a certification for that class? And then have a report that tells me how much labor is in the pipe. There's a hundred of them. Well, so what? Do that in one day. Well, no, because they take three days each to do. So wait, we have 300 days of labor? (laughs) Right. And then how much does that cost? 300 days of labor, we'll never get that done. Okay, well, maybe if we hire consultants and then it's, it de facto becomes a conversation in the business's language because you're talking about time and money. Yeah, exactly. And, and Duke, let me throw, I'm going to throw a monkey wrench in here too, though. What if I didn't care about any of that stuff? And the only reason I'm doing data certification is to track whether or not these objects have an owner, right? But I didn't tell you that. All I told you, I told you all everything else, right? Like all those other roads that you went down, like all of that. And I think all of that's great. Those are great ways to, to uh, report on data certification, but it might not have been what I was even looking for because yeah. all I told you is that we got to report on data certification. What I really meant was we got to report on how many objects and that we're certifying, uh, that we're um, running through the data certification process actually have an owner so that we can track down and make sure that we that we have accountability inside of our process, right? Yeah. Why does an owner matter though? Right, yeah. Why does yeah. it, what happens, so so what if it does, How? What, so what if these thousand things don't have an owner? Yeah, exactly. Like what so, happens then? <laughs> yeah, so let's get to that point. Why do we need an owner, right? And then it turns out maybe we need an owner because we need someone to be held accountable if the data inside of this thing is wrong. Or if the server, you know, needs is supposed to be patched and it's the it's the job of the owner to patch it, but there's no owner, so there's no patching, so now it's security risk. Like, I mean, there's all types of business use cases, right, that can be driven by just something as, as relatively innocent as the owner of an object, right? But we gotta get there. Mm-hmm. 
and, and it's the job as a consultant to get there with the business before you start building it. <laughs> yeah. Consultant or the, or the owner, right? I think or the owner. My, yeah. You know, my days when I was an employee and I was kind of like the last word of service now at that customer, but of course I'm only doing it to gain status and you know what I mean? Yep. I want to move up or out and how am I going to do that? Which kind of brings me to another domain I want to talk about is increasing your, what's the word I'm looking for, Corey? Not fame, not footprint, <laughs> but you ever notice those people Profile? that get put in charge of service now and then they're successful with that. Let's give them more stuff to be successful at. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so there's people who just like, they hit the ball out of the park once and then it's just like, oh, let's give that guy all the balls to hit out of the park. Let's just have that guy bat every single time. That girl bat every single time. Yep. Because you get success once, you prove that it has been successful. And not only do you say it on paper, but the organization feels it. It feels it. <laughs> like nobody can deny. It's not like you tell them, hey, this was successful. And they're like, I don't know. You should probably have an Excel sheet to tell me which number of successful it was. No, everybody's like, remember that bullshit problem that just went away? <laughs> that was me, <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> And so outcomes, again, if you obsess about it, like I do, outcomes is the way that you get into those success paradigms. Yeah. Because if you're just, oh, we deployed incident management, nobody's going to pat you on the back for that. Nobody at the business is. Yeah, nobody cares. Yeah. So what? What does that mean? Oh, and and just try and go to like the operational side. Go to your COO and tell them that you you successfully deployed a CMDP. Dude, the hell is that? Who are you? And get out of my office. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, seriously, like I had a a CIO. He really didn't give a crap about service now. Right. Like Mm -hmm. he made it it very vocal. He didn't care a a lick about service now. Let me tell you, though, he cared about the data that came out of service now. Right. He cared about all of the things that we could tell him about the business of IT and being able to tell him that stuff when he needed it. And no matter how he asked for it, like he cared about those things. And so while he never logged into ServiceNow at all, and while he vocally said he could care less about the ServiceNow platform, that data that we kept in ServiceNow and those processes that we used to drive that data kept my boss employed while other people, just let's just say, were no longer there, right? And it was all because we had processes there that drove the outcomes that he was looking for, and we were able to make that relevant to him, even though he didn't care about the platform at all. Well, he probably didn't care a lick about how the outcomes got achieved. Like what tech is doing it? What do I care? Right? Yes. But the fact is the light stayed on. The fact is that critical ultra super report got to him. Yes. And and he was able to make the decisions. Like, okay, I don't care what system got it here. It could have been sticky notes. That's the thing. That that right there. That's where I was going with it. Like he didn't care how we got that data to him, right? He didn't care about, you know, whatever processes drove it. He didn't care about where we got it from. He cared about that we were able to deliver it and we were able to deliver it consistently whenever he asked for it, right? So it made his decision-making process easier. So what it did was it drove my bosses at the time. It drove his profile right amongst his peers because he was the only one who was able to deliver this value to the new boss on time and, and regularly versus everyone else. And then since I was the chief architect of the ServiceNow platform, what do you think it did to my success profile in the company too, right? Also drove it up as well. Right. That's so right this- here. Yeah, we're realists, man. We're all here for ourselves. Even Corey and I do this podcast Absolutely. because it elevates our presence in the space. Don't be ashamed of that. Yeah, no, right. absolutely. You should never be humble. Screw humble. Right, that's right. And <laughs> so if you want to be 
a player in that space. If you want your stock to increase, the best way for that to happen is to be seen as the person who makes the results happen yes. and be cognizant of the fact that res the results isn't the module you deployed. The results is the outcomes that happen because you deployed the module. Right. It still shocks me. I'm not an asset management person, never was, but I can't believe that asset management is not the red hottest thing in ServiceNow. <laughs> like it's hot, but it should be like the red hottest thing because there's so many process areas in asset management. The whole request, procurement, I'm not sure you use the right word, but receipt, like did I get it? Where yep. is it? Locating it. Yeah, and then cycle management, yeah. Yeah, collecting it for disposal or recycling or whatever. The yeah. whole process around what licenses can we reclaim off of that? Like Absolutely. every single one of those things is a million dollar use case. Dude, like you have no <laughs> idea, right? Like <laughs> all of this stuff, right? Like there's so much in asset management that directly relates to can we save money or how or can we reduce our spend of money, right? Yeah. That makes it so, so incredibly valuable. And ServiceNow BAs, like that B part of the BA <laughs> yep, is just very highly focused on this because the business does not care that it's ServiceNow hardware asset management, the latest version on Rome. <laughs> right. Don't Rome. care. Rome. Right. Don't Rome. care about category this, subcategory that, nothing. Yep. Don't How care. many millions am I going to save on the asset recovery process? Exactly. Exactly. Right? So that's and what we want. And that's the, right. That's the thing that's driving it. Outcome extraction. That's like the BA tool, man. Because if the business is coming saying, hey, we need category this, subcategory, the quack, quack, tech, 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 quack, quack. Right. No, 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 no. Tell us what you're going to get hung for at the next board meeting. Right. What outcomes are you looking for? Forget the tool. Yeah. What is it that will make your life easier? <laughs> Tell yeah. me that and then I'll, I'll build it for you or, or I'll get it or I'll buy it. Right. Look. We all like the technology and, and it, it, this always feels kind of blasphemous when I tell you that the technology to a certain degree doesn't matter. The technology is the enabler of the business, mm -hmm. right? Like businesses are now technology companies because technologies drive the value and they, and they create so much leverage internally, right? So that you can get like 3X or 4X out of one person now. Compare that to 20 or 30 years ago. The technology is great and we should all love it and we should all have this appreciation for it as I'm sure most people do. But at the end of the day, the technology is nothing if it's not giving us something that's going to actually make our business better. And that's where we start talking about the outcomes and the value. That's what we're all here for is to make the business better. It really behooves you to be able to go into an interview with your potential client and talk to them about the value that you can generate using the technology and the outcomes that you can achieve using the technology versus, yeah, I was able to right click configure and move some fields around like nobody cares. Right. So one topic I was hoping we could hit today is, no, really, what is an outcome? <laughs> because <laughs> I think you could get, fall into the trap. If, if this was kind of like your first rodeo on ServiceNow, maybe you're young, you just found this tech, now you're a newly minted deployment resource and you're in your first workshop and you're like, what are the outcomes you're looking for? And somebody says, the outcome I'm looking for is a category tree that's two layers deep that blah, 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 includes all this. Oh, man. You should probably right. run. Now they called it an outcome, <laughs> <laughs> but that's not an outcome, is it? So let's give some examples of what outcomes might be. And I'll go ahead and kick this off. And I like to think about outcomes as adverbs to something. Ooh, okay. Right. So I do an incident faster. 
Okay. I, I respond to an incident faster. It's the faster bit that is the outcome. Faster this. So faster is one example. Another yeah. example is of higher quality. Maybe there's things we can measure about it. Did this change have a backup plan? Nope, it didn't. <laughs> there goes our quality man. Yeah, <laughs> right. our outcomes for change decrease because of that. that. And that makes a lot of sense when you think about it. I, I love when, when we start comparing things to like English language, right? Put them like We call it an adverb or we call it a noun or whatever, right? I'm a little bit of an English nerd at heart. But doing something faster or ensuring better quality control, right? Those are definitely outcomes that a lot of people aspire to, but also have a hard time putting them into words, right? Mm -hmm. when, when you get down to it. It's like, you know, people say, I just want this better, but you got to peel back better and feel like, yep. and, and really get to what better is for them because better isn't the same for everybody. Some people don't mind having a 20 step incident management process. So reducing it to 10 is not better for them, but getting through it faster is better for them. Yeah. <laughs> or even cheaper, right? Like I have no problems with the performance of this whole paradigm. I just need it to be 25% cheaper. Or we have this incident management process and it's fast and, yeah. and it does everything we want it to do, except fully 20% of the incidents that we log are not good incidents, right? Like they probably shouldn't have been logged at all. Maybe the people don't even work here, you know, and this was a wrong number or we didn't catch, capture all of the attributes that we wanted to capture, making it useless for our reporting, right? Like, so our quality control is not there. And so those things, you know, being able to talk to people, right? This is a, a focus uh, too, I think that we've hit on a, in a lot of podcasts is that you have to be able to talk to people, right? Your stakeholders, your key business folks, being able to, to, to chat with them and talk to them and be able to extract from them what they consider better is ultimately like what's going to be able to get you to the point where you can paint that North Star on the wall and kind of drive the project towards it. That's right. I, I harp on this all the time. Process isn't natural. Why are you bothering? Right. There's good reasons why you're bothering, and it is to make some outcome improved or at least stay away from bad outcomes. In increase good outcomes, decrease bad outcomes. And so think about the things in terms of the speed, the quality, the safety, the uniformity, the compliance, the, the cost, <laughs> you know, the time. And those things all speak to an outcome that you're trying to achieve. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and if you can't achieve those outcomes, right, then what's the project for? Yeah, exactly. Like the point is not the deployment of a process because a process, it's a net energy loss. If I right. have nothing plus a process, I am worse off <laughs> if I don't know what the process was there to do beforehand. I've spent energy. Why on earth did I spend that energy? And having that outcome too is a tool that you can use to drive internal adoption. So to loop everything back around to our sponsor, Integrity Pro Consulting, everything about driving that internal adoption, organizational change management is precipitated on having outcomes that are communicable in community. Is that a word? Yeah. No, roll it. <laughs> it is now. It. <laughs> it's communicable, you know, to our internal folks so that we can actually drive this thing. And, and get folks on board with it internally. Like, look, I, I'm an IT guy, XIT guy, right? Like, I can tell you, nobody wants to actually do the work of um, filling in the form, uh, fills on an incident form, right? IT folks don't want to do this. They don't want, the last thing they want to do is update a ticket or open a ticket and all that kind of good stuff, right? But if you can pair that with the outcome of why we're doing it, 
it makes it a lot easier to drive that internal evangelism on, I get you don't want to do this, but let me tell you what how you're going to benefit from doing it. Oh, testify, brother. Like the whole point, like in organizational change management is basically at scale, you're moving all those people's cheese. Yes. Now you, te- you, know, you know, you tell them why it's a good thing, not just where to find the new cheese. Tell them why the new cheese is like better tasting, better smell it. Exactly. Know? So it dovetails very well into what IPC is doing. And if if you haven't checked out IPC yet, there's going to be a link in the description below. And I think we're at time today, Corey. What do you think? I think so, Duke. I mean, we've been going here for quite a bit on this. And and I think this is, you know, something near and dear to our heart. But yeah, I think we've covered it rather well. All right. So if people want to reach out to you, Corey, how would they find you? Yeah, so I'm on LinkedIn at Corey Wesley. Look me up. Like I said, I accept most LinkedIn connection. Definitely reach out to me there. You can also find me at techvoyant.com where we specialize in practically everything service not related. And you can find me at theduke.digital where you can find links to all the CJ and the Duke episodes, my extensive library of ServiceNow YouTube content and access to my two mailing lists, one of which is for my upcoming product, Hired, the definitive guide to writing ServiceNow profiles that win lucrative jobs. All right, Corey, we will see you next time. All right, guys, take care.